Welcome to The Gangster, book six in the Galactic Football League series. Written and performed by Scott Sigler, The Gangster is suitable for ages 12 and up and contains graphic violence. The Gangster is also available as a signed, numbered, limited edition hardcover while supplies last. To order, go to scottsigler.com slash store. Hello, junkies. The Gangster hardcover is at the printers. If you didn't get our newsletter earlier this week that has all the instructions for how to make sure you get your copy, I'll break it down for you now. But first, you should be signed up for the newsletter at scottsigler.com newsletter. It's just that easy. The pre-order began on April 1st, 2019. And since then, COVID, a lot of people have moved. If you moved, email info at emptyset.com to make sure that we have the right shipping address for you. People change jobs. If you change jobs, and it's even remotely possible, you want the book shipped to where you work, email info at EmptySet.com. Let's make sure we've got the right shipping address for you. Did you forget you bought a copy and accidentally bought extras? If you want to check, email info at EmptySet.com. Did you want to order multiple copies but aren't sure you did? We've had three people who have done that so far. Email info at EmptySet.com. Make sure we've got the right number of copies that you want. Did you not order a copy at all, but you want one of these girthy, signed, numbered, turgid, limited edition hardcovers? Then just go to scottsigler.com slash thegangster and order, fam. It's easy. It's not too late. All right. Let's get you caught up on the story so far. Then you, me, and Lieutenant Dan are going to go shrimping. The Kratorakian Empire did not anticipate the violent protests that have arisen in the name of Quentin Barnes, who they secreted away in a hidden prison called the Borehole. The Empire is scrambling to control the narrative and mitigate these protests before they merge into a full-on revolt, a revolt driven in no small part by Becca Montaigne's tireless efforts to find her husband and keep him safe. She will do anything to protect him, including putting herself in grave danger. Book 5. Reunion Article from INF City Gazette Headline Kretorakian Government Acknowledges Detention of Barnes INF City, INF, Quith Concordia Officials from the Kretorakian Empire have finally responded to the disappearance of Quentin Barnes, quarterback of the INF Krakens, who has been missing for 18 days CGT, 16.5 days INF time. Gimmel the Sweet, regional spokesman for the Quith Concordia sector of the Kretorakian Empire, said that Barnes was safe, healthy, and in temporary custody. Quote, he was not abducted or taken against his will, the Sweet said. That is a preposterous claim typical of the media's hyperbolic and outlandish statements. The Empire wanted to question Barnes about the attack that took place on him in New York City, on Earth, an attack that possibly involved the Zoroastrian Guild. End quote. All official reports following the incident, which occurred at Randall Hospital in New York City, listed Barnes as the likely target of the attack. Three humans were identified as the assailants. All three died during the attack. When pressed for details regarding what involvement Barnes might have had in the attack, the suite declined to comment. 
Pressure has been mounting on the Empire to respond to claims made by Rebecca Montaigne, Barnes' spouse and Kraken's teammate, who said that Barnes, while in his personal starship, which was in Earth orbit at the time, was taken at gunpoint by the Kretorak in military. As an active GFL player, Barnes has diplomatic immunity from search and seizure. However, a player can be detained and questioned regarding some crimes, in particular those that involve murder, manslaughter, acts of terrorism, and or acts against the Kretorakian Empire. When asked if Barnes was accused of a crime that allowed for his diplomatic immunity to be ignored, the suite declined to comment. The suite would not answer questions pertaining to when or if Barnes would be released, nor provide any details as to where Barnes is being held. Montaigne's report spurred galaxy-wide outrage. Violent protests have occurred on 15 worlds, resulting in the deaths of at least 1,012 protesters and law enforcement responders. Most of those deaths have occurred in the Sklerno dynasty and the Purist nation. Galaxy-wide, over 5,000 sentients are in detention in relation to the protests. New Fangs Greedock the Splithead left the office of Hig and Yang, feeling positive about the upcoming season's prospects. Masal the Efficient walked beside him, Gristlehead and Virak close behind. I want to leave here immediately, Greedock said. Masal, get us departure clearance, and then inquire with the owner of the New Fangs as to satisfactory compensation should I hire Hig and for the upcoming season. Of course, Your Eminence. Greedock despised traveling to the Key Empire, but the trip to Planet Key had proven fruitful. Higan's offensive strategy of a balanced attack that did not rely on deep passes fit what the Krakens had to offer as long as the team retained the services of Jew Tweedy. If Greedock could not land a high-level free agent quarterback, Higan could likely still win enough games to keep the Krakens in Tier 1. Like most GFL facilities, the new Fang Stadium compound was built for cross-species purposes, with fairly standard hallways, walls, doors, and the like. Greedock was grateful for that. Key had horrible architecture, with buildings that seemed more like giant insect hives than offices or businesses or homes. Key new Fang's images and memorabilia decorated the walls. Most of the images were from the 2685 T2 season, when the franchise won its first ever key division title and made it to the semifinals of the Tier 2 tournament. There, they'd lost in double overtime to the McMurdo Murderers. If the New Fangs had won that game, they would have been promoted to the promised land of Tier 1. At the end of the corridor, near the door to the main lobby, a janitor of some kind was working on a wall panel toolkit on the floor by his side. A big janitor, one who hadn't been there when Greedock and his retinue had come in. Gristlehead, Virak said, ensure that labor does not get in our way. The hulking Sklorno loped down the hall, big legs carrying her, loose pink robes flapping with each step. Hig An Yang had interviewed well. To think he'd had his team so close to a tier one berth, Stealing Higan away at this point would severely impact the New Fangs franchise. Greedock would not be able to hire the coach without a significant payment to tick old Kep, the franchise owner. 
Tickle had been smart enough to allow Greedock unfettered access to Hagen, and for understanding his role in the hierarchy of power, Tickle would be treated and paid fairly. There was no question that Hagan wanted the Kraken's job. Like most coaches, the key wanted to run a Tier 1 franchise, and he was transparently desperate to craft game plans around the running prowess of Jew Tweedy. And not only Jew. Higan knew the Krakens had an all-pro blocking fullback in Rebecca Montaigne and INF's dominant offensive line, although the key coach agreed that Michael Kimberlin and Shoto Thicket would need to be replaced in years to come. But not this year. Higan felt the Krakens would have one of the best run-blocking offensive lines in the league. Would Higan be able to salvage INF's upcoming season? Perhaps even get the Krakens into the playoffs? Shemekath, we have departure clearance, Masal said. It will take two days to reach Citadel. Bagel the Fishy is eager for his interview. He stressed that any offer to coach the Krakens needs to come before Tier 2 preseason begins in three weeks. Higan was a good coach that merited consideration. Bagel, though, seemed to be the master of the running game, and he was a proper quith leader. Greedock would rather deal with a leader day in and day out than have to interact with a disgusting key. Tell Bagel he will need to come up to the little ruler for this interview, Greedock said. I have no desire to travel below an ocean, let alone set foot on any Tower Republic planet to begin with. Of course, Your Magnificence. I will see to it as soon as we're underway. The Barnes Uprisings, as they were now called, were most problematic in the Sklorno dynasty and the Concordia, but other systems, including the Tower Republic, were enduring numerous anti-Kretorakian protests. Property destruction, arrests, injuries, and thousands dead. Over a football player? Utter madness. Let them protest. Let them kill themselves. None of it would help Barnes. He hadn't been heard from in weeks. Most likely, he'd never be heard from again. Disrespect and insolence carried a high price. Barnes was paying that price. As would Massal eventually. In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. 
They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Greedock, Masal, and Virak reached Gristlehead and the big janitor. The janitor's back was against the wall, one sclerno tentacle pressed against his sternum, a silent warning to stand still, stand aside, and there would be no problem. As Greedock walked past, the janitor spoke. May I have a word? That voice, not the voice of a human man. It was the voice of a heavy G female. Montaigne, Virak said, stepping toward her to block her path if she should try to approach Greedock. What are you doing here? Gristlehead's bristles stood on end. This is Becca, Recca, Recca, Becca? Obviously, Greedock said. Use all your senses, you imbecile, not just your eyes. Is she armed? No, 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 Shamacath, the Sklorno said. I checked, I checked. Then let her speak. Gristlehead took a half step to the left. At first glance, Greedock wouldn't have recognized Montaigne, not even this close. Prosthetics changed the shape of her face, contacts the color of her eyes. Her long hair was hidden away beneath a hat. The fake beard looked quite convincing. An excellent disguise, but there was something different about her. What was it? Her scent wasn't quite the same as it had been before. The heavy G woman seemed calm, but Greedock sensed her elevated heart rate, tasted the air heated by her body. There was only one reason she would have come here and hidden away for this moment. She wanted to discuss Barnes. That meant she might get emotional. Emotional sentience, especially ones of her size and strength, were dangerous. You will not move, Greedock said to her. If you do, Gristlehead will kill you instantly. The Sklorno reached a pink-covered tentacle inside her pink robes, pulled forth a long, clear knife, held the tip centimeters from Montaigne's stomach. Montaigne looked at the weapon, then at Greedock, then nodded. Your disguise is impressive, Greedock said. I assume that Gonzaga is responsible for this, and that he is somewhere nearby? Montaigne nodded. He is, and he's watching. If your goons hurt me, he'll hurt you. Greedock couldn't stop himself from glancing back up the corridor, then at the ceiling, looking for where Gonzaga might be hidden. Greedock saw nothing, but he couldn't afford to doubt Montaigne's word. If anyone was capable of smuggling a weapon into the New Fangs complex and hiding in plain sight, it was Gonzaga. 
First, that human had hacked into Greedock's bedroom holotank, and now this, when he was supposed to be tracking down who had paid the hospital hitmen? Someday, Greedock would watch as Shushalix drained Gonzaga alive. How did you know I would be here? The Krakens need a new coach, Montaigne said. With Quentin taken by the bats, I figured you'd want to rely on Ju, which means you'd want a coach who has a great running game. Hagan Yang's at the top of the list. Since the new Fangs preseason starts in a few weeks, I knew Higan couldn't take a couple of days to go see you. I figured you'd come here sooner or later. Greedock fought down a rush of anger. Not at Montaigne, but at himself. Was he that predictable? Had he grown soft? If Montaigne could find him this easily, so could agents of Volani or Gloria Ogawa. Or Stedmore Osborne, sure to betray Greedock at some point. Or any of Greedock's enemies. A lesson learned. For that benefit, he would hear what Montaigne had to say. You could have seen me at the Krakens building, Greedock said. Montaigne's pulse increased slightly. The Kretorakins are hunting me, she said. You know that. Of course they were after her. Her interviews were causing the protests. Thousands dead because of this human's inability to understand that her life with Barnes was over. I can protect you from them, Greedock said. Your diplomatic immunity while on your ship is one thing, Montaigne. On Ionath, where I am more powerful than you realize, it is another entirely. Come home. The team needs you. This time, at least, everything Greedock said was true. The team did need her, as a fullback at least, and, if need be, as the starting QB of a run-first offense. It all depended on who he could acquire in the offseason. You can protect me, but you couldn't protect Quentin. Where is he, Greedock? Where? In a dark hole, from which light might escape, but sentience rarely did. Greedock knew the area of the borehole, but not the exact location. Even if he did, that location was deep in Kretorakian territory. A shame that he wouldn't see Barnes again, wouldn't have the chance to watch the insolent human grovel for his life. While I am powerful, even my reach has its limits, Greedock said. Or do you think that I am privy to the Kretorakian Empire's whims? Don't you lie to me. You know. You have to know. Her words were strong, confident, and yet carried an air of fear. Because her mate was missing? Yes. Yes, but something more. Her scent. A surge of anxiety shot through Greedock, from antennae down to the tip of his tail. He stilled himself, reached out with all his senses. Was it there? Was it possible? Yes. Tiny. Unnoticeable to anyone who hadn't spent a century honing his abilities, but it was there. A second heartbeat. Rebecca Montaigne was pregnant. If she carried the baby to term, she would give birth early in the Tier 1 season. She would be lost for much of the year, if not all of it. His all-pro fullback, the sentient that Higgan said was crucial to Jew Tweedy's success, would possibly be lost for the season. Except, except that Barnes was the most likely father. I said, where is he? If you think these two punks will stop me from tearing you to pieces, then you... She hissed in a sharp breath, looked down. Gristlehead pressed the knife tip to her stomach, not with enough force to penetrate. 
the tip dented in her coveralls. One more iota of pressure, and the baby might be lost. Take that blade away from my player, Greedox said. Immediately. Gristle had lowered the blade, but didn't put it away. Montaigne had threatened Greedock, but now was not the time to put her in her place. This was not a problem, but rather an opportunity. He needed to maintain a relationship with this woman, at least until her child was born. A child born of not one, but two All-Pros. Not one, but two Galaxy Bowl MVPs. Greedock could only imagine the potential of such an offspring. Barnes began playing professional football at the age of 16. Montaigne at 15. Perhaps only 15 years. The barest tick of the clock before that child could don the orange and the black. Without Montaigne and Barnes both, the 26-87 season would be difficult indeed, but Jew's running ability would keep the Krakens from dropping to Tier 2. Hire Hagan, give Jew Tweedy a large contract to lock him up, avoid relegation, and start rebuilding for 2688 and beyond. It was possible Montaigne might even return to the team that season. And after 2688, he had to keep her an Inath, at least until he could eliminate anyone in her family that might have a claim on the child. A key step before eliminating her. I promise you, I do not know where your husband is, Greedock said. You were there when he was taken, were you not? Perhaps you should be wearing that disguise at the Kretorakian Ministry of Religion, not here. Are you going to tell me you had nothing to do with his abduction? She was brave and intelligent, true. She was not, however, good at hiding her emotions like Barnes was. Greedock sensed another increase in heart rate, Montaigne's, not the unborn child's, and noted the constriction of the heavy G female's pupils. She grew more upset by the moment. At almost two meters tall, and with the thick build of a GFL fullback, Montaigne had the capacity to utterly destroy Gristlehead. If Montaigne did so, Virac would neutralize her. But Greedock was running low on reliable bodyguards. That is what I am telling you, yes, Greedock said. I had nothing to do with his arrest. I know that you have heard the same news I have. The authorities say he is being questioned regarding the hospital attack. That's a lie. The heavy G's body vibrated with barely controlled rage. Perhaps it is a lie, Greedock said, keeping his voice low, calm, soothing. But if so, I do not know what the truth is. Montaigne's eyes narrowed to slits. Shaking, fists clenched, she stared down at Greedock. Then those eyes shimmered with a glaze of tears, just for an instant before she blinked them away. He didn't do anything, she said. All he wants to do is play football. Her fists unclenched. I know his love for the game, Greedock said. No one has ever played with more brilliance and passion than Quentin Barnes. But we must face facts, Rebecca. It is likely he will never play again. And possibly... He glanced at her stomach. Neither will you. Montaigne put a hand on her belly, an automatic reaction, as if it might protect the life growing inside of her. She blinked. She didn't challenge his knowledge of her pregnancy. If we can't play, just leave us be, she said. I know you want to kill Quentin, to ruin him. There's no need for that. We won two titles for you. Two. Isn't that enough? 
just leave us alone. Like her spouse, she was a simplistic creature. Perhaps she knew all there was to know about football, but she didn't see the threads of life's larger tapestry. Greedock focused. He called up tightly controlled emotions, knowing how they would make his body respond. He let a few curls of black twirl on his cornea, followed by a bit of dark green. Anyone who knew him knew that being spoken to directly, being told what to do, might anger him, so he allowed the black to show. The green would send a different message, one of sympathy, of concern for others. I have my differences with Barnes, but you know my dedication to winning, Greedock said. I assure you, if he clears up his legal troubles, the Krakens will welcome him back, whether he can play or not. Montaigne blinked faster, again fighting back tears. You're right. You have power. Everyone knows that, she said. Use it. Please, contact the CMR. Put pressure on them to release Quentin. Greedock twitched his rear-left antenna, a move so subtle that only one sentient in the hallway would notice. He has contacted the Ministry of Religion, Miss Montaigne, Massal said. Three times. He has also contacted the Imperial representatives on Ionath and the Concordia Embassy on Emperor One. Tension and confusion on Montaigne's face, visible in her posture. Maybe she didn't believe Massal, but she wanted to believe. You, she said to the worker. Don't think I don't know you're involved somehow. He was taken right after you visited him. Miss Montaigne, I had nothing to do with Elder Barnes's detention, I assure you. You know me. You would know if my statement was untrue. She stared at Massal, hunting for the lie. But there was none to find, because the worker was, indeed, telling the truth. As far as he knew, that was. Without the worker's visit, Greedock wouldn't have been able to keep Barnes in one place long enough to build the case against him with the CMR. The fact that the Empire couldn't find Montaigne was evidence enough that Greedock's gambit had been the right one. The Hypatia had abilities that no other yacht seemed to have. Perhaps, after the child was born and Montaigne had lived out her usefulness on the gridiron, Greedock would take the yacht for himself. Missal held Montaigne's accusing gaze until she blinked a few times and, finally, looked away. I don't know, she said. I just... I don't know. She doubted her own beliefs. Excellent. That doubt was a crack in her defense, a crack Greedock knew he would eventually exploit. He gave his antennae another subtle twitch. Missal, as always, responded perfectly. Shanikath, our approved departure window is closing soon. We should get to your yacht. I'm afraid I have scheduled you too tightly on this trip. I apologize for my ineptness. The worker was so good at his role. It really would be a shame when he was punished for his questionable choices. Rebecca, we must go, Greedock said. I have other business to attend to. Is there anything that Massal can arrange for you? Any way I can be of service other than fighting for Quentin's freedom, as I have been doing since he was taken? Montaigne glanced at Greedock, then Massal, then down. She didn't know what to believe. I don't know. She put both hands on her stomach, rubbed in small circles. I, I don't know. If you like, you may come with us, Greedock said. I will have someone bring the Hypatia back to Ionath for you. If you are in my ship, you are under my protection, and I assure you the Empire will not remove you. 
which was probably true. Greedock knew she wouldn't take the offer, but making it further bolstered his position as her ally. No, I'll stay with Fred, Montaigne said. She looked up, a hint of anger returning to her eyes. She pushed past Gristlehead and walked down the hall, leaving Greedock behind. But Gonzaga was still here, somewhere, hiding and watching. Virak, Gristlehead, get me out of here, Greedock said, and quickly. You have been listening to The Gangster, book six in the Galactic Football League series, written and narrated by Scott Ziegler. Follow Scott on Instagram and Twitter, where he is at Scott Ziegler, one word, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Scott Ziegler. For more information on the Galactic Football League series and for more free audiobook podcasts, visit scottsigler.com. The Gangster was directed by A. Sigler, engineered by Steve Rickyberg. Copyright 2020, Empty Set Entertainment. Theme music is the song They're Watching Me by the band Super Weapon. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.